Hey guys, welcome to the number 233 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. In today's episode, we are going to be recapping the Wizards, we'll call it disaster of a loss against the Brooklyn Nets, and then preview their matchup tonight at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But with Kuzma and Beal out, not quite sure how much Wizards can do. You guys will see a preview on that as well. Hope you guys did. You do enjoy this episode. If you do, subscribe, follow, share, view, and let's not waste any time. Let's get into this. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. So let's start off here by recapping this Wizards-Nets game. And, you know, you probably expect the Wizards to win, right? No KD, no Kyrie, even though he would have been no Kyrie anyway, even if he didn't have that cash soreness. And then uh, the, no Ben Simmons. Oh, Wizards got this in the bag. You, you, you'd think, right? You'd think. Another way of describing this is this game was an utter disaster. And I was actually at this game. I was right behind the Wizards bench, and you could see the change in momentum in that Brooklyn crowd. You really can. The Wizards had all the chances in the world, and they did not capitalize on those chances. Now, Kuzma struggled in the first quarter, and then he went down, which was terrible. He did a five assist, could not make a shot if his life depended on it, but overall, you know, five assists, you know, I really don't know. But now with him out, it just is another scoring option taken away for the Wizards. And then with Bradley Beal, he didn't end up playing this game either. You know, Porzingis did everything he can, 38 points, five rebounds, two assists, two blocks. And even though the Wizards would have lost this game anyway, I'm not going to lie, the refs did do a terrible job officiating in this game, in my opinion. Porzingis did not foul out on that play. They had many calls that just were not fouls. You know, I forget the exact details, but and this is not my Wizards bias. They really did make some terrible calls down the stretch. It looked like the refs were pro-Brooklyn um, in this game. And uh, get it, the Rocky, Moscow's pro-Rocky. All right, only Rocky fans that understand that. But, you know, I mean, the Wizards had some good performers in this game. Monte Morris, 18 points, 8 assists, 2 turnovers, 2 steals, 5 rebounds. However... Two or four from the line, missed the two biggest free throws. And, th- I mean, the end of that play, if that doesn't describe the Washington Wizards and how they've been playing recently, I don't know what does. You have a chance to tie the game. You miss both free throws. Then get out, like, out, like, the, their other teams weren't physical. They grab the board and then don't foul. It, it's, it's just complete idiocy. And, you know, and I'm not going to lie, in this game, I think Porzingis should not have been in the situation to foul out. Yes, with Kuzma and Beal out, he really was our key scoring option. We really didn't have any other offense. But Avdia was working that game. Why didn't you get Avdia the ball? Right? Like, I just, like, there's just a few things that just kind of concern me. Right? Like, why don't you get Avdia the ball? Avdia was benched. I mean, that final play when Kispert missed three. And Kispert had a great game. You can't blame him. But, 
the point is, is like the Wizards had their chances. And I think the key thing in this game that no one is really talking about when they were about to foul out, uh, when he was about to foul out, excuse me, Porzingis, and he had five fouls. Brooklyn just attacked him multiple times. I swear they had about eight or ten points just based off attacking Porzingis because he really couldn't do anything. And then when he did try to do something, when he barely touched him, they go call for the foul, whatever, what can you do? But he really could not do anything or he was out for the game. However, if you would have brought in Daniel Gafford, who had an incredible game, 10 points, 10 rebounds, a steal and a block, who also played terrific, I may add, once Porzingis fouled out and he came in for him, he played really good basketball. If you would have put him in, still had the same point, and at two minutes left had Porzingis in, then you could have seen yourself with a tie game, and then you have your 30, the guy that has 38 points for you on the court. You get what I'm saying? It's just, I, I, I don't think the coaching was great. When Brooklyn, you could tell in that place when Brooklyn had the momentum, they did not call any timeouts whatsoever to, to quiet the team down. I think if they would have called some timeouts and made some adjustments, it wouldn't have got as close as it was. The Brooklyn would have the opportunity to come back. But most importantly, Nick, oh, I mean, it's not Nicholas Claxton, even though he had a, a, a decent game as well. Uh, yeah, actually, let's still talk about Nicholas Claxton for a second. 15 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, one steal, three blocks. Royce O'Neal had four blocks. Edmund Sumner, I mean, when when you allow Edmund Sumner to score 29 points, you should probably, you, you should lose the basketball game. You deserve to lose the basketball game. Or when you allow Cam Thomas to score, not 10, not 20, not 30, not 40, but 44 points, you deserve to lose a basketball game. And if you're a fan of Wish Talk with Jason, you know the Wizards have been let have let scoring guards score on them for the entire season and how frustrating it is to watch it. Game after game, day by day, game by game. It's very frustrating because Cam Thomas played 29 minutes. Absolutely didn't. He had 10 less minutes than Edmund Sumner. He didn't play that much time. He had 44 points. I, I, I don't get it. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it anymore. I don't get, yes, the Nets played a good game without KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons. I got to give him full credit. But I guess my real question is just why. I, I don't I don't understand how you could do this. The Wizards blew a 20-plus point lead on back-to-back nights for the first time in 25 years. 25 years. 25 years ago was 1998. 25 years ago, Michael Jordan was... I just retired. I just won his sixth NBA championship. That is how long it has been since a team has blown 20-point leads in back-to-back nights and lost. It's very frustrating. The coaching wasn't amazing. The playing wasn't amazing. Brooklyn got the momentum. You could feel it in in the Barclays Center the entire game. Just a very, very frustrating performance on all levels. So back-to-back losses, right? I was really looking forward to seeing what this team could do, right? Right? What they could do. Now they're not. and they're, They're not playing that well. So usually when they don't play well, it kind of spirals and they get losses. But maybe... Maybe somehow, some way, they can respond and find a way to beat uh, to beat Cleveland tonight. And, you know, of course, it's going to come down to injuries. You know, that is a key thing. Karis LeVert is questionable, but it does look like he is going to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ricky Rubio and Dylan Windler also out for the Cavs. For the Wizards, Bradley Beal, literally right before I hit record, was just ruled out for the game. Kyle Kuzma's out, and Anthony Gill looks like he won't play after he is recovering uh, from health and safety protocol. Thinning the, thin, thinning the Wizards' rotation even more of the starting lineups for this game. For the Wizards, I expect it to be. I haven't gotten any note on it yet. I expect it to be Monte Morris, Corey Kispert, 
Denny Avdia, Christoph Porzingis, and Daniel Gafford, kind of taking Crispert and Avdia taking the spots of Beal and Kuzma. In that starting lineup, I don't expect there to be a change with Monte Morris since even though he did miss those free throws, he overall had a decent game. And then for the Cleveland Cavaliers, I mean, this team has been dominant. They're 32 and 22 on the year. Their starting lineup is going to look something like Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. And we'll talk about that front court with Mobley and Allen in a second because, whoo, it has dominated uh, this NBA season. My prediction, well, I do not have the Wizards winning, guys. Don't worry. I got the Cavs winning in Washington, 121-113, starting off with my Coburn's catch. Now, I think the Cavaliers will win for a few reasons, but I think the key one will be defense. The Cavaliers have easily the best statistical defense in the NBA, allowing an NBA-best 106.8 points per game. Also, with Kuzma out and Beal out, their defensive play will even be taken to the next level because Porzingis, who will now be the Wizards' primary scorer, is going to have to be guarded by, as I just mentioned, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. You want to know what they've done this year? Jared Allen, second in defensive rating. Evan Mobley, fourth in defensive rating. These two are amazing big men. Not good. Not good at all. Cavs win. Surprising statement. I think Corey Kispert will have around 20 points in this game. With Bradley Beal out, someone's got to score at shooting guard, and I think Kispert will be that guy. He had 15 points against Brooklyn the other night. But with the Cavs having good forward slash big defenders, Guys like to guard guys like Avdia and Porzingis, he'll see many more opportunities against mediocre defensive guards. Guys like Donovan Mitchell, who carries Levert, who may get some steals, but it doesn't exactly make them an amazing defender. Steph Curry isn't a bad defender by any means, but when he led the league in, a, in steals, I think it was 2015, he wasn't an incredible defender. Sometimes getting all the steals, like John Stockton, doesn't always make you the best defender. It just kind of makes you a risk taker who kind of makes some things. Uh, so I don't think, even though Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert get some steals, I don't think, that doesn't mean they're good defenders. I think Kispert will shoot nearly 50% from downtown and give the Wizards a chance to upset Cleveland. Spread time, the Cavs are one-point favorite over under 223.5. I would easily pick the over and I would pick the Cavs. My spread, I'd have Cavs as four and a half point favorites. And the over-under, even though I do have a lot of points, like like a lot of points, like 234 points, I'll still have it less. I have 227 and a half as my over-under. 223 and a half in this in this NBA, in, in the NBA that we're living in with shooting and, and insane scoring. That's just it's too low for me. I'm sorry, it just is. Fantasy outlook. And just in case he goes off like a scoring guard usually does against the Wizards, I'll give myself rage for this one. I think Donovan Mitchell will have anywhere between 55 and 70 fantasy points. I think Corey Kispert will get 40 to 55 fantasy points. I think Darius Garland will get 40 to 50 fantasy points. And I think Danny Avdia will get 35 to 40 fantasy points. I think those are going to be uh, two of the main scores on the Wizards. I think Porzingis will also be up here in fantasy points, but I do want to mention a few players. I think Porzingis, I'm just thinking this off the top of my head, will probably have around 45 and 55 fantasy points. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? And I think ESPN giving the Cavaliers a 62.8% chance of winning makes a ton of sense. The Cavaliers have been a great team, especially defensively this season, and the Wizards' injuries and lack of recent success, not to mention the Cavaliers have, a, has amazing, have an amazing scorer like Donovan Mitchell to exploit Washington's defensive issues. Everything that I just mentioned just puts it over the top. I'd give this percentage a period. I think it makes a lot of sense. And last, but certainly not least, who you got? 
And I think Donovan Mitchell will have an amazing game tonight. The Wizards have no clue how to guard defensive guards, or excuse me, scoring guards this season, or defend scoring guards this season, as I did just mention. And Donovan Mitchell, for a team like the Wizards, is the worst player to go against in that kind of scenario. We've seen him go off for 70 points this year, and I can easily see him going off for a big amount again. I think we'll have an amazing day, leading the Cavs to victory. I say he finishes with 37 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 12 of 21, 57.1%. Field goal shooting, 5 of 7, which is 71.4%. Three-point shooting, I think he'll make all eight of his free throws after two turnovers and lead the Cavs to victory. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, review. Sorry if my voice is a little hoarse. Did have a basketball game today. Woods is out, but I did commentate the Ludlow vs. Jockey Hollow Middle School Basketball Championship where Ludlow was able to capture the win. So that is why my voice is a little hoarse. But uh, yeah, go Wizards. Hopefully they can get the win. I mean, that Nets game was very frustrating to let scoring guards beat you on back-to-back nights, guys that aren't crazy good players. It's very frustrating. It, the Wizards have broken history, but not for a good reason. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. Go Wizards, enjoy the game tonight, and of course, as always, I will see you guys next time. Peace!